ignition sequence start. We have a liftoff. Discovery Roger, no problem. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Thanks for tuning in to this third ever episode of Grit Pop-Up. I'm here today with new contemporary artist Derek Gores, co-founder of Grit Pop-Up. I'm your host, Jenna Bueller, co-hosting with Derek here. And we also have a special guest, um, Moontazer. Moontazer, what's your last name? Moontazer Syed. Moontazer Syed, who is a real-life, real-world hacker that lives here in the Space Coast. Thanks for joining us today, Moontazer. Thank you. Yes. Did you have breakfast this morning? Uh, I did not, but... I usually have breakfast around 11. All right, what's it, what's it gonna be probably? What is it usually? Um, usually it's probably a glass of orange juice and um, a donut or a bagel. Oh, you sound like a regular guy. Yeah. But to many people who don't know what a hacker is and don't know what they eat for breakfast, can you describe <laughs> what it is that so a hacker is? When you say hacker, there's usually a negative connotation of like some guy sitting in a basement, like <laughs> trying to break into computer systems and exactly. like trying to figure out your uh, passwords, read all your emails, hack into your bank account. But um, so that's like the traditional movie definition of hacker, um, which yes, that also is a hacker, but the kind of hacker that I am is a person who hacks away at something and produces or makes. So it's more like a maker than a hacker. And when did you start to self-identify in this skin as a hacker? Kind of an artist, kind of a creator? When well, did you come to know this identity? Generally, the identity is given to people who participate at what we call hackathons. person participating in a hackathon is, by definition, a hacker. And a hackathon is basically an event where uh, a lot of people get together. Um, generally, people with a slightly higher technical background than normal. And they try within a very strict time frame, 24, sometimes 48 or um, 36 hours, to build something. Build a minimum viable product which can be presented at the end of this period, which addresses some problems. Can you take us to your first ever hackathon, describe the scene? Who are these people? What so, did you do? So the first ever hackathon I did was uh, in December of 2016. So it's, uh, it was called uh, Local Hack Day and it was held at Florida Tech. And it was a 12 hour event. And I just went to check it out. It sounded cool, hackathon day. And I'm in the computer technical world. So let me check it out what it is. And I figured out what it was. I liked it. Um, I placed third. And, uh, well, it was, from, from then on, I was kind of hooked. I was like, okay, at the end of the event, all I had in my mind was, was when's the next one? And then I started looking them up, and I, I started getting more and more engaged. Can you describe what it's like? You know, who is in the room? What types of people are these people? There's very different types of hackathons. I've been primarily going to events which are a calendar called a Major League Hackathon Calendar. Um, it's kind of like an intercollegiate league where a lot of major tech companies sponsor these hackathons. It's usually filled with kind of young people around their early 20s, maybe somebody in their early 30s. Essentially, it's a very big learning experience for everyone. So I have never been to a hackathon where I didn't learn something. 
if you had to uh, if you had to say in a word or two what what skill you have that makes you good at hacking what would it be it would probably be that i read a lot a lot of times at hackathon what happens is you are introduced to a new technology and there's some documentation on it if you're able to read and grasp the documentation well you will perform well almost always when there's a big corporate sponsor at a hackathon what they're actually looking for is for you to use their technology and prove some cases with it. So let's say Google came out with a new product, a new uh, product which they haven't really brought to market yet. So they'll introduce it at a hackathon and then say, okay, can you guys build something cool with it? And here's the documentation. So for the super hacker Roonies, can you take me into the, um, I guess, the think tank session or the den, wherever it is that you guys gather, and just share with me, you know, what's next? What was the last time that you guys gathered and you were like, so, this is what's ahead for us? Um, we usually, because uh, we all go to Florida Tech, we, we meet at the Florida Tech make, makerspace, sometimes the Student Design Center, but mostly the makerspace. We've met a couple of times at the Space Coast Fab Lab as well. So shout out to FanLab. When we come together, usually it's just before a hackathon and when we go over some some details of um, what are the potential ideas we want to pursue. So a lot of times, hackathons have a code of conduct and like code of ethics where you're not supposed to build something previously and then bring that to the hackathon and go like, hey, this is what we built in 24 hours. Mm. So I'm a very strict believer in that and we all are. So we never build anything previously, but we do talk about ideas. So we have a brainstorming session, like you said, um, and that happens. Sometimes hackathons have themes. Sometimes there's current events that we like to we like to leverage, leverage is not a very good word, but um, we like to focus on uh, for building a project at a hackathon. It's like technology that's really relevant and fresh. Yeah. So in March, we built a locker that was basically a secure cabinet for storing things, um, especially firearms. So it's, it was essentially a, a Home Depot cabinet that we redesigned so that when you touch the handle, there was a camera embedded in the, in the cabinet that take a picture of who, whoever was trying to open it. And then if it recognized who was trying to open it, the keypad as well, um, it would allow you to open it. And if there was a firearm inside, and if you remove the firearm from the cabinet, if it was not the owner of the firearm, it would notify the owner and say, hey, somebody's opened your cabinet and like armed themselves. Well, that sounds like a smart thing to have. Yes. Um, well, unfortunately, uh, what we didn't realize was people's views were very heavily skewed on this subject e- either way. So that was not some... We tried to use technology to build a solution that would appeal to everyone across the aisle and that's not what ended up happening because some people just didn't want the idea of having firearms at all and the other people didn't want any sort of restrictions with these two extremes it was really hard to come to a middle ground so what we wanted to do was like have a solution like okay so we still have firearms but we have a way to access who has like we have a way to audit who has access to it and we built it and it worked. Unfortunately, because it was a polarizing issue, we ended up not winning anything at this hackathon. And the team that actually won was a team that built a system which would detect whether a deer was in the area. <laughs> and, uh, which it's was, peaceful. Which is very ironic. 
Well, it was peaceful, and then we thought about it, and we're like, wait a second, that's not... They, they want to possibly use some firearms on that deer. I don't know, you know, <laughs> if, it, if they had a locker oh, boy. that restricted who was accessing the firearm, that would hinder them from, mm. you know... You could run outside and protect it. the garden by shooting it away. Oh, well, <laughs> you know... Venison is very tasty. What is next? I mean, for the next year, the next two years, what's the vision? I really want to, like, I'm really inspired by the hacker culture. A lot of times, some friends will gather together over a beer and say, Hey, I have an idea. What about this? And that's, as the beer ends, the idea also fizzles away, kind of. But the hacker culture takes this to the next step. So you say, I have an idea. And the next step is, all right, let me build it. And that's, I guess, the way progress is made. So um, if you look at um, Steve Jobs, um, he started out along with Steve Wozniak in a garage, like tinkering and stuff. So essentially, he was a hacker of his day. And uh, that's the kind of culture that drives innovation. So a lot of things are are made by people tinkering and people trying to make things better. The culture they picked up of, hey, I have these tools, let me build something with them. That's as American as a thing that's gonna stay with you for you know, however long. That's the goal. And um, so more practically for next year, there's a couple of hackathons I wanna do. I wanna do the NASA Space Apps Challenge, um, which is in October. I also want to do Tad Hacks, which is also in October. And uh, I want to travel up north to MIT and Georgia Tech for, for their collegiate hackathons. Um, and uh, I'd like to thank the dean of, of my college, Dr. Carvalho, who has generously granted us travel money, without which we would be just be doing Florida hackathons. Yeah, so, so one of the things that I, I think people would be curious of is I, I maybe thought that all the hacking was was digital, you know, up in the in the clouds. But you're actually building physical things at these events. I almost always have a project that has something physical because I believe um, an idea is an idea mm. uh, unless you can you can see or you can use your physical senses to touch and feel and hear uh, the product that you're talking about. So I can talk about all day about, oh, there's a box that does this and does that and does that. But if you can hold it in your hand and it does maybe even 1% of what I was talking about, that's much more valuable. And, um, and so often you, it, it, it's totally, you don't have to, it doesn't have to uh, come from scratch. You can go get an item and then improve yeah. it. Yeah, so in pretty much all the hackathons that I go to, there's usually a run to Walmart or Home Depot or both or um, there's a store called Micro Center. Unfortunately, they don't have a store in Florida. Micro Center, please open a store in Florida. You'll have a lot of customers. Uh, that we always go to and we spend, like I end up spending like a significant amount of my paycheck at Micro Center if I go to a hackathon because there's so many like, you know, electronic gadgets and things you can buy and we usually buy stuff. There's been hackathons where we've literally traveled with 3D printers and we've printed 3D printed thing on the spot, and we had a physical device. There's a there's a website that I can give you to check out. Did you want to tell the, the folks on the air what? Oh sure, uh, it's uh, devpost.com/slash 
J-E-M-S-B-H-A-I. It has a, not a complete portfolio, but a significant portfolio of some of the projects that we've done at Hackbox. Oh, that's great. We'll put a little link in the podcast. Sure. And that, um, can you just briefly describe each one, just a little okay. snapshot? This is VAPT, mm-hmm. which uh, basically it's an ambience control um, system. You walk into a cold environment, um, it in- improves the sound quality and the lighting and the overall ambience, depending on how many people are present. Awesome. What is this Mr. Ramen? Make ramen with your fingertips. Oh, awesome. That's, uh, I'm glad you asked. So Mr. Ramen um, is actually Chris Woodle's pet project. He convinced us into building it, and I, I agreed with it uh, when we went to Harvard. Uh, what Mr. Ramen is is basically a Mr. Coffee that we redesigned to make ramen instead of coffee. <laughs> so, um, and it would be controllable by, a, we made a phone app that could control it. So essentially you would load up your ramen and let's say you were driving home from work, you could use the app to start Mr. Ramen, which would kind of start making ramen for you. There you have it, you're not in a basement, you're traveling the world. Um, hackers are so much more than I could, ever could have possibly imagined. Muntazer, thank you for helping us to demystify. Thank, thank you so much for having me. Awesome, love it. Go get that bagel now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this third ever episode of Grit Pop-Up uh, Podcast. For more, go check out Muntazer's super, what is it again? Super Hacker Roonies. Go check out Super Hacker Roonies online on Facebook. And uh, we look forward to seeing what's next for the Hacker Travels. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Three, two, one.